0: What's up everybody, it's your girl Michelle and um, I am back with an impromptu episode of Chats with Blanche. For those of you who are listening and who've listened to me before, um, whether you're a new listener or an old listener, I should say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my little, I call it my little homegrown podcast. <laughs> um, but for those of you that have listened before, you know that you've heard me say before that I I really don't like doing the podcast by myself. I really enjoy doing it with other people where I can laugh and have somebody's energy to kind of feed off of and we bounce ideas and share experiences and stuff like that. But tonight I just wanted to do something, like I said, impromptu and talk a little about financial literacy. It's been a hot topic this past week or two um, just for some things that I'm personally working on that I'm excited to share I'm um, here in the new near future, but also because I um, just some conversations that I've been having with some of my friends and some of my business partners and just some of the just realizing that the things you think people know, people just really don't know. And it's just whether it was from a lack of experience, um, uh, whether it was from a lack of, you know, exposure, whatever it is, Financial literacy is just something that I think that we all could um, That we should have, you know and, and and even if we're not experts at it I think just having some basic fundamentals about it is, is really good So I just want to talk a little bit about it um, Again, I'm no financial advisor I have been in the finance world for over 25 years um, Between my, my current employer and uh, my previous employers I've been in the financing uh, industry for a very, very long time and unfortunately for me, unfortunately, but fortunately, um, I had to take some bumps and bruises for me to get a hand on my own financial situation. And I'm proud to say that I'm um, here. We are years later and, um, I think I'm doing a lot better, you know? And so I, I think it was just, um, again, I didn't know what I didn't know, but they always say, when you know better, you do better. So just kind of going back to financial literacy and what is it, right? Um, And basically, financial literacy is just having knowledge and and competence, right, to manage your own personal and household finances. And it's just meant to set some, like, really, really meaningful goals for yourself, whether you want to buy a house, a car, um, or get a new car, whether you want to plan a vacation, whether you're a parent and you're planning for your kid's college fund. And the reality is, a lot of times, and I'm just being honest, in a lot of our households, we we sometimes people are just getting by, right? So they're not sitting back and they don't have the opportunity to save as much or put away as much as they like. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be educated, right? It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be educated about um our finances or even how to improve them. And so I was looking in, and and again when I realized April was financial literacy month, I said first of all I said we are always making something a month a special month, right? Um, we just make up stuff, but I'm here for it because if it gives us an opportunity to take a beat and just step back and talk about something that's important to all of us, you know, and especially in the African-American community, as an African-American woman, I can tell you growing up, um, and not of anyone's fault or, um, or, or, you know, or negligence, I wasn't taught about financial literacy. And I, I think it was just a sign of the time when my, when my parents were, were born and their families. We we were you know we were poor. We weren't we weren't born into money, and so I just don't think financial literacy was something that we were taught. But they say as you know better, you do better, right? So, um, it it looks like you know when I was reading about financial literacy, it was just talking about the purpose of it, and um, it was just saying that the goal was just basically going beyond helping consumers learn more about their finances, but ha- but helping them actually improve their personal and their household financial stability. And, you know, depending on what your financial situation is, you may have all types of thoughts about it, right? Well, how, where do I start? How do I do this? And I don't even have money to pay my bills. That very well may be true. Um, And if that is the case, I'm just here to tell you that that is not, if that's your story today, it doesn't mean that that's going to be your story. Always. I am living proof that uh, a season of struggle and finances not being in order is a season. And if you start making smart decisions and even just sitting back, being more conscious and being more intentional about the money that you do have, it can get better. I am absolutely living proof of that. So just some, some fun facts here, right? Um, there's actually a commission, a, a commission. I didn't know this. The Financial Literacy and Education Commission talks about five key components of financial literacy. And they um, list them as what you earn, what you spend, what you save and invest, what you borrow, and protecting. And again, for me, that was kind of the, even though I've been in the finance industry a very long time, that was kind of the first time that I'd ever um, heard it put that way. And um, so I just thought that it was very interesting in a way for one, that there was a financial literacy and education commission, which good to know, um, that that's how they broke it down. They also talked about there being, um, and before I go there, so let's talk about it a little bit, right? Some of it is self-explanatory. We know what we earn is how we make our money, right? So whether you work, whether you receive, um, you work a nine to five, whether you get passive income, meaning, um, maybe you have a vending machine and, you earn money that way that will be considered passive income, or maybe um, you have invested in something. And so you're you're getting income that way, or you're retired and you earn a you get a pension or you get social security. Those things are considered passive income because it's money that you're not going to a job to punch in nine to five to get. So hopefully, you know, for anybody who didn't have never heard of it referred that way, um, hopefully that makes sense. Of course, then it's what we spend, right? Woo, what we spend. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I have a tendency. I used to have a really, 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 really good habit of writing down everything I spent when I was watching my, my dollars a little bit more. And I was much more conscientious of things when I did that. But then as things got better, I noticed that I stopped doing that as much. And I'm not saying it's a good habit. I'm just living in my truth telling you that I don't do it like I should, but after reading this article and kind of reflecting on a time and even the benefits so when I did, I might need to start, but it's just a great best practice, right? Um, as you're watching your spending, sometimes we look and go, where the heck did my money go? And, and, but when you start writing those things down, or if you're like me and you're swiping your card, that's always a great way to kind of keep track of what you're spending. So that's our spending um, component of the five components of financial literacy: saving and invest. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, we may we're living in a time post-COVID. A lot of people, unfortunately, have some type of loss of income, and you're probably thinking, "Save what?" Right? You'd be surprised. That think about that extra trip to. Starbucks or those extra snacks that you buy or the extra money that you spend at the grocery store that you really don't need because you really have some of that stuff at home in your pantry, right? Um, whatever it is, I'm not here to judge or, or anything like that because I still don't have this thing down pat. Um, I'm just trying to get better at it, but you'd be surprised that what what's saving even something as little as $5 per pay, $10 per pay, even if you save it and a a week comes and it's a little tight for you and you need gas money, you'd be surprised. Like, oh yeah, I can go to my bank or my credit union and I can at least maybe get out some gas money. Right. So it's just those little things. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to save more, you know, taking a look at your overall finances, Mm -hmm. what you have left over after you've paid your bills, know for years they've always said pay yourself again i'm no financial advisor um this is just me being very um inquisitive and about you know reading about all this stuff and just me from my own personal experience just as a consumer and a person who's just trying to work on being more financially literate so um for tips and official things definitely do your own research or seek out a financial advisor. Um, but again, I'm just sharing some of my best practices. Another way, um, I actually went to a seminar a couple of weeks ago. It was a a women's, um, I think it was called the women's financial empowerment, something. It was some session that I went to. It was virtual. It was really nice. And the, the speaker said something so simple yet profound going back to groceries. She said, she goes in her kitchen and she shops her pantry before she goes to the grocery store. And by that she meant, let me go and look at my refrigerator. Let me go and look at my cabinets and let me see exactly what I have, what I'm planning to cook for the week or meal prep, whatever I'm going to do, take for lunch. What do I have before I go out and go to the grocery store and start walking around shopping Wondering what I need It resonated with me so strong Because I am totally guilty of that Or if I'm ordering from my mobile app I'll admit I'm that girl That I will go on the app and shop And click put in the basket And then go pick up the grocery So I'm sorry, don't judge me Um, But it was a great point So I started to do that And what I'm finding is that It's helped me save a little bit more Um, on my spending at the grocery store. So I thought that was really, really cool too. The next one um, was invest, right? Whew, investing. We live in a world where there's, you can invest in stocks, you can invest um, in businesses, you can invest, there's a Bitcoin, there's NFTs, there's all different kinds of ways of investing. I will say this again, because I am not a financial advisor, and investment is definitely an area where I can improve, but I will say that I just started, I'm a researcher. So I just started reading, researching a little bit. I took a little bit of money and invested it um, in Tesla a couple year, well, a couple years ago. Oh, oh, one second, I'll be back guys. Hey guys, I'm back. I apologize for the interruption. I um, and if I was fancy, I could probably edit all of this stuff out. But again, those of you that know me, you know I am keeping it real with you. I absolutely love doing my podcast at home for for fun, for a hobby, and so you get all the homegrownness that comes with it. No edit, no editing, no producer, just me. One day I'm gonna get big and get me a real producer. Um, but in the meantime, I just enjoy it, and I hope that you just enjoy hanging out with me on on my podcast. So. Of course, I heard my doorbell ringing. Like I said, when I first started, I um, I ordered me some food, and um, of course, food comes right when I'm in the middle of, of my little impromptu podcast. So, anyway, I'm back. So we left off talking about investing, and I was just recommending that you do your research. Um, I, man, we're this Bitcoin, Dogecoin, all of this, um, NFTs, all of this stuff. It is so overwhelming to me, to be honest. Um, like I said, I've dabbled a little bit with just investing. I use Robinhood. It's so, so simple. Um, I invested in Tesla a couple of years ago when it was, they did like a half split or something like that, where I was able to buy it really, really low. And then it hit its peak last year. When, um, was that early last year? Last year. Um, They hit a peak when Um, I think there was a big deal where one of the rental car companies was going to purchase a bunch of like all of these thousands of Tesla cars and their stock went through the roof. So one thing that I've always been taught is you buy low, you sell high. So when it went high, I sold and made a little bit of money. But that's as far as I know about investing, guys. So, But I have learned that even just a little bit that I have. If I were to run into a situation where I needed to pay a bill or I needed gas money or I needed groceries, I that little that investment that I made was able to help. So it's worth it, right? It's just again all part of financial literacy and all part of like the world we live in is not just saving in your standard checking or savings account, but invest invest investing your money so that your money can make a little bit more money for you. So again, if you're interested in that, I definitely recommend reaching out to a financial advisor if that's your financial status. If not, even if it's just $100 or something small and you want to try it on your own, me personally, again, just not a financial advisor, but just from my own personal experience, I um, use Robinhood and um, it, it has worked out really, really good for me. Alrighty, borrow. Now, that's a oh, that's something we all know about, right? Borrowing and debt. There is, for personal credit, um, personally borrowing a lot of money can be dangerous. I know that sometimes, not sometimes, we do it because we need the money, right? Or we want a credit card. And the reality is you got to have a credit card in this world to even have a decent credit score. As crazy as it is. We're, we're we're taught to have little to no debt. Yet, if you don't have any, you can't even really build a, a good credit score. It's, it's crazy. But at any rate, um, that's one of the um, key components, right? It's just being smart about what you borrow, being conscious of it, looking at your interest rates, taking a look at the repayment terms, really seeing how much of it you really really need, and making sure that that repayment is affordable. Right, making sure you don't want to get the thing, borrow the money, get the thing or the stuff or whatever you need it. And then when it's time to pay back, you don't have it. And then you default, and then it has a negative impact on your credit. So I know life happens. Man, we all just saw it with COVID over the past couple of years. And some stuff is just beyond our control. And you just do the absolute best that you can. But again, a part of financial literacy is just being educated about it, right? Just being smart and thinking about it. Is this the best interest rate that I can get? How does my credit play a part in it? Is this particular credit card the best for me? Does it earn points? Is it, you know, is it better if I need something? Is it better for me to take out a personal loan versus um, some high interest credit loan, you know, credit card? Personally, I have a one, I recommend... Um, building a relationship with your credit union because credit unions can be your absolute best friend. If you're not a credit union member, go into your bank, try to build a relationship with a bank. And again, don't worry about how much money you don't have. Like, Don't focus on that. Focus on what you do have and what you can do with it. And even if you don't have it now, go in there and say, hey, listen, I'm looking to change my circumstances. I'm looking to improve my financial situation." I just want to talk to somebody about where I start it, it, in my shoes and my situation, where do I start? So again, just being very, very conscious and very careful when you're borrowing. And lastly is protecting. Now that was the first time, again, to be honest that I'd really heard um, as I'm you know, listening to the official way that financial literacy is, is um, described about protecting. And the only thing that I can even imagine in the article that that I was reading, didn't go deep on it, but just looking at it and reading through it, it's just basically telling you to protect your finances, right? Protect, if you're protecting your finances, making sure that you are um, using your finances and, and protecting your family, you know, making sure that you're making the best use of, your finances. And if you are invested again, if you're investing, you know, making sure that you have some type of protection around it, make sure that you're educated about it. Um, that one was a little bit different. I definitely feel like I would have to go deep on that one. And again, I, I didn't record this episode to, um, to give you a full lecture or <laughs> a full course on financial literacy. Again, this was impromptu. It was just on my heart to do, and just want to talk about it. So um, just want to share that. And again, hopefully it's a little bit, you know, that that you find a little bit of this stuff helpful. The other thing was, so now we, we learn a little bit about financial literacy. What is it, right? Financial literacy is learning these things. It's being educated about it. Money matters. Your personal, um, being educated and, and competent about your own money matters. And with that, we talked about, borrowing, saving, we talked about investing, we talked about what we earn versus what we spend. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about purchasing a home. That part is very, very near and dear to me because of late I have talked to and seen so many people um, get disappointed or even think that they know how to get started with purchasing a home and they have no clue. There's so much to learn. And the, and the very, very first thing that I want to say to everybody listening, if you're not a homeowner and you're thinking about becoming a homeowner, I want you to know right off the bat, do not think that the first step to owning your home is going to a lender and applying for the loan, getting your credit pulled. That is not the first step. Your first step, number one, is your own financial literacy, looking at your own, own financial situation looking at how much how much you earn looking at how much you owe now looking at what you can afford to pay and most importantly looking at your credit score if you guys i think it's called free annualcreditreport.com if you don't know what your credit looks like take a moment there's credit karma out there there's uh, again free there's Experian, there's Equifax. We know it, right? All the big threes. And sometimes they'll charge you for a copy of your, um, to get your score. But you know what? It's worth it. If you can't get it from Credit Karma, um, it is worth it to know what your score is. That that's the That's the best way for me to put it. That is the very, one of the very first steps in preparing and getting yourself ready to purchase a home. Don't think going in and talking to your mortgage banker friend or your bank and going in and saying, yep, I want to buy a house. That's the first step. No, it's not. The first step starts with you. It starts with you assessing your own financial situation. And it starts with checking your credit report and doing your best to try and save money for a down payment. Now, again, I know you're probably saying, Michelle, some of us don't have it like that. We can't do this. We can't do that. First of all, we got to stop saying what we can't do, because even if you can't do it today, it doesn't mean that you won't be able to do it in the future. But in that same spirit, also research grants. There are so many grants and first time home buyer down payment assistant programs out here that we just don't know about. I took some time a couple of weeks ago, I'm in this business building mode for, um, you know, personally for myself in this business building mode. And I took about two hours and I didn't plan to spend two hours. I took about two hours researching grants, um, small business grants, small business loans. What do I need to start my business? Before I knew it, I had been researching two hours and I had a list of at least five to six grants that I would be eligible for just by me sitting and writing a proposal. So again, that'll be another topic, a whole nother time, but I'm just saying there's stuff out there for you. So if you're thinking about, as you're thinking about financial literacy, taking some time to even stop and say, what does my financial situation look like? What does it look like today? And if it doesn't look like you want it to look today, how do I get there? What do I want to see for tomorrow? But in the meantime, taking a look also at your credit, looking at your credit. If you've got stuff on there that's past due or in collections, don't just ignore it because people they will come for you. Depending on who you are, it, it will come back to bite you one way or another. So take a minute, assess your situation, look at your credit, write down your current situation. Then write down what you want your future situation to look like. Make sure you have your finger on the pulse of what your credit score is, and then start researching programs like conventional, FHA, and if you're a veteran, thank you for your service, but start looking at VA loans and just getting an idea of what you would need to qualify because there's nothing like getting your hopes up, getting excited about the prospect of owning a home, and then you wait. And then you go and apply and then they break your heart and say nope and here's why okay and before i move on from that the last thing i want to say about that is when we talk about your debt you're your borrowing your debt versus your earnings take a minute to get to know what your debt to income ratio is your debt to income ratio is how much you owe in comparison to how much you make you can have a 700 credit score, $15,000 in the bank and say I'm ready to go buy a home. But when that lender that you go to, if they calculate your debt to income ratio and it's over a certain threshold, guess what? It doesn't matter what your credit is. It won't not it won't matter how much money you have if your debt to income ratio is too high, it could potentially kick you out of the running for for owning Or it can put you in a a bucket where you have a very high interest rate. So I'm super, super passionate about that guys. One day I'll sit down and tell you my story because when I tell you everything I'm talking about, I've gone through, I'm not sitting here talking from a space of someone who doesn't know or from someone sitting and just telling other people what to do. No, this was my life. And I promise myself and I'm a a spiritual girl and I pray and I say, Lord, I always want to use myself as a testimony of your goodness and, and just to show people what's possible, even when things start off a little rough. So I have so many thoughts and ideas. I'm going to be, um, that I'm thinking about doing on online on my Instagram page. Like, um, uh, a first-time home buyer webinar or general education on mortgages and answering questions about how I got out of debt um, or even how I improved my credit. At one point, my credit score was, I think, years and years ago, I probably had a 580 or a 600, and now I'm up over 750. And that was no easy task, but it's possible. It is possible. And it wasn't the proudest time of my life, but it wasn't because I was negligent or just didn't pay my bills. Life happened. That's what happened to me, and it can happen. And, and life is happening to all of us right now, just in different ways. So, use me as a as an example and a testimony that this is possible. Um, if anyone, before we wrap up, because I'm ready to go eat my food, uh, <laughs> but if anybody has questions that's listening, if you want to talk to me one on one. Um, again, I I say this multiple times because I need to, and I have to, I am not a financial advisor, but I am, um, I have been in the finance industry for over 20 plus years. I also, um, I have an NMLS number, um, which if you know, banking and um, we, since all of the. You know, we had so much going on in the world of mortgages where if you were a banker or a loan officer at one point in your life, you had to get certified with what's called an NMLS number. It's like the National Mortgage Licensing System or something. I actually do have an NMLS number uh, for a short time that I was a banker at my organization. But this is just me from the heart. This is just me caring about people in our community um, all communities and people who just want to make it, who want to give their they want to create some generational wealth and who want to just improve their financial situation. Um, I, again, I'm just a living testimony that I am so glad I'm not where I was. I'm not 100 percent where I want to be. I'm just so thankful that I'm not where I used to be and that I'm at a place now. The things I've learned, I want to share. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is each one teach one. And as we rise, we must lift and just uh, an impromptu podcast like this is just me wanting to lift and share and just let people know what's possible. So before I wrap up, um, the National, the Financial Literacy Commission did have um, six ways to improve financial literacy. Some of it uh, we've already talked about, but this is this was their recommendation. Number one, subscribe to financial newsletters. Um, there's free financial news, different newsletters and news websites. If you Google it or something, you should be able to find it, um, from organizations that you trust. Um, listen to financial podcasts. And while I appreciate you listening to me, I'm not a financial podcast, but just sharing some of my own life experiences. I pray that it was helpful for you tonight, but there are professional, like there are real financial podcasts. Susie Orman is one that I follow. I love Susie Orman. She just she knows her stuff, whether whatever you feel about her personally, when it comes to finances and money matters. Um, I listen to her and I respect the things that she says, but that's just me personally. Um, Reading personal finance books. Again, I am a researcher, so I find I, I learn so much by reading. And you know how it is when you're online. You start reading one thing. Here comes another thing and another thing and another thing, especially when you're on social media, even when you start following different people. Um, They have interest that you're interested in learning more about, then they'll start referring and recommending more. And in fact, that was number four on the list using social media. Um, Number five, start keeping a budget. I have to keep it 100 with you guys. Budgeting has not been my strong suit, but I have my finger on the pulse of my finances so strong now that me budgeting hasn't been absolutely necessary, but there was a time in my life that I did. And to be honest, I probably, if I budgeted now, I probably would be further along. Again, I'm just keeping it a hundred with you, but budgeting is definitely a strong recommendation. And every time I talk about it or I read an article about it, I also follow Dave Ramsey, who again, think what you want about him. I love some of the stuff he says about finances and even some of the tips and best practices that he gives. And he is a strong believer in a budget and even the envelope plan where you put so much money in an envelope. So again, if you want to hear more about it, reach out to me or follow Dave Ramsey. Um, and then of course, last but certainly not least, talk to a financial professional. And as we talked about earlier, maybe that's not all of our story. Maybe we're not in a situation to do that, but just reach out to somebody that you trust. Just reach out. Take, sit down, look at your financial situation. And if you don't know what you're looking at and you need some help, I promise you, whether I, excuse me, whether I know you personally or not, I am willing to at least have a conversation with you to share my personal experiences and the things that have happened to help me get to the financial space that I'm in now. And I still got work to do so much work to do. Um, I just can't stress it enough. I may not be a hundred percent where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. And I'm sure that a lot of you on this call can relate to that together. And what I, I mean, can relate to that. And what I do know is that by knowledge sharing, lifting each other up, sharing our experiences, being vulnerable, being transparent, and letting people know what you've gone through, what you've overcome to get over some of those hurdles, you're helping people. You're helping to heal people you're helping to improve people's situations and, uh, without the judgment, you know what, because none of us can judge. We've all been through stuff. So thank you guys again so much for streaming. Feel free to share it. Uh, reach out to me on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. I am at Ooh Blanche and it is O-O-H underscore la, L-A underscore Blanche, B-L-A-N-C-H-E. Ooh, Blanche on Instagram. And, um, I, um, I hope that and pray that this was helpful to you all in some way. All right. Have a great night.